What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Dick Time Chuck? Official. <laughs> That's okay. My, my Snapchat handle is Morning Wood. <laughs> so my name, my full name is Richard Charles Nelson. Yeah. So I go by Ricky, but this girl I used to work with, one day I walked into work, she's like, what's up, Dick Chuck? I had no idea what it meant, and I realized it was just like the nickname for yeah. Charles. So yeah, it's so good. Thing I roll with. Dick What's cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. <laughs> Dick Chuck, it's awesome. It's me and your boy Ricky J. I know it's not Ricky J. It's a throwback joke. It's not. It just makes me laugh every time. Uh, thanks for coming back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. Uh, this week we have Woody Hudson. I forgot to have my little cheat sheet up. Currently, a professional hockey player and comic book creator. He was with the Worcester Railers for a time. He's currently with the Indianapolis Fuel. So we'll talk to him in a bit. But before we get there, we got to do this. Hey, Ricky, how was your week? It was good. Uh, the dive was busy as fuck. <laughs> so it was a very busy week. Uh, Friday night, I went out for a long time. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Wait, so that's, that you guys went out to Real Big Fish. Yeah. So I met up with uh, Russell at Sim John earlier for the soccer game. We started there. We went from... Simjong to Dead Horse, to Armsby, to the Palladium. We ended at the dive bar. Uh, yeah, I heard there was a good amount of people that came in Saturday night that were like, hey, like, how you feeling today? My, I must have asked, did I see you last night? About 65 times. Dang. It was one of those. boy. That kind of Friday night. But it was good. So I also had a good week. Um, I had a friend tell me a very funny story about you. About me? Yeah. Well, it's mostly about him, but you're involved. <laughs> So my buddy, I got a buddy that uh, he got himself inebriated, let's say, and his girlfriend decided that they should go rollerblading. So they went rollerblading for like 10 miles. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and then they came in and saw you at the yeah. dive bar and you let them roll through. It did. And then you bought them beers. It did. Was it because they were on rollerblades? Hell yeah. So when I was growing up, uh, I couldn't skateboard to save my life and all my friends could. So I was always on skates. <laughs> Uh, and so going into a bar on skates, I've never done, I saw, well, I haven't skated in a very long time, but, um, it would have been something that I, I would have done. So yeah. it was cool to see somebody actually do it. Cause I'd go to the Walmart, like I used to get to Walmart and, and McDonald's and the movies cause I was always on rollerblades. So they let you roll around the movies. Night. Well, the movies. Yes. Uh, Walmart and McDonald's. No. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me. I always loved watching the Mighty Ducks movies where they like skate through the town at the beginning of Legit. Yeah, they skate through the Mall of America. Yeah. And they like do tricks now, like escalators yeah. and shit. They I jump over that dude that. Like hat. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. So I always, I always thought that you could do that. You, That's weird that McDonald's and Walmart drew the line at rollerblades. Yeah. I've seen some heinous. It was West Wilson. They don't let you do it. Uh, oh, small, small. I saw two very large people arguing over the last Tudor scooter at Walmart the other day. Tudor scooter or whatever the hell they're called. Anyway, uh, cool things that happened this week for me is Redemption Rock released my Crawler label. So that was super cool. I did see that. I'm a third artist for the Pow Wow Worcester label takeover. Oh, yeah. So go check out that. Go say hi to the crew. Uh, shout out to Redemption Rock. We love you all. The best. And shout out to the Polar Delivery guy who I harassed at Stop and Shop the other day. Uh, I'm getting a little more bold in my asks. And I asked him if he's ever heard of the Seltzer Time podcast. And he's like, of course not. That's so awesome. I, I told him he should go listen to it. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to work my way into polar one person at a time. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, shout out to our friend Claire's mom in Australia. Is that with the Australia? Yeah. So I meant to call. I meant to give her a shout out last week, and I totally dropped the ball on that. But our friend Claire, who was just on Pop It, her mom listens to 
both Poppet and to Seltzer Time to kind of get a, like a vibe of what's going on in Worcester because Claire currently lives here but is moving. That's super sweet. So yeah, so she's like, yeah, like my mom listens and I was like, fuck yeah. Also horrible accent. Australian but, accent. Uh, but it was, it was like we all, I knew it was Australian. Yeah. It's about as good as I was It, it straight up told us that it was going to be Australian, so it helped. That's the only reason why. <laughs> but yeah, so, hi Claire's mom. Hi Claire's mom. Thanks for listening. Hi yeah. Claire's mom. From Down Under. Hell What's yeah. your phone number? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very single. <laughs> and I've never been to Australia. Although all those videos on Facebook that are scary, petrifying. All oh, the animals? Giant the animals, yeah, the giant yeah. spiders are like picking up like... Yeah, no thanks. Children? Yeah, children. Yeah. T- yeah. I don't do spiders, so. <laughs> I don't do poisonous snakes or even kangaroos. Like, I've always wanted to get close enough in proximity to a kangaroo, but I feel like you can never predict when those legs are going to come up. As I understand it, they're a the nuisance. Chest. Yeah. Like, they roam the fuck around like, like packs of dogs. Super territorial. Yeah. And like, so I watched this gaming channel on YouTube and there's an Australian chick on there. And she was saying that she would walk out of some bars and there'd be a pack of them. And it was like, they were staring you down. Like you were in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> like you were in the wrong. And it's like, just, uh, I want to like, meet that. I wanna like, meet. like at the end of training day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I run this here. You just live here. <laughs> they're just going to bounce away. <laughs> Sit back on their tails. I don't know. Um, so Remember the video of the dude who like boxed that kangaroo a couple of, like two years ago? Yeah, but the kangaroo just ate the punch. He yeah. just looked at him like, is that it? Yeah, it, like, it was like attacking his dog or something. He like jumps out of a car and runs across the field and he goes up to like get his dog or whatever and the kangaroo just stands there and this dude just fucking nails it and the kangaroo just like stares at him. It's terrible. Like Goku. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I need to find this video. It's wild. I'll, I'll find it. Australia is scary. I still want to go, but also I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do my research beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, like wear a full suit of armor and just kind of like clink around. Yeah. Croco, what was his name? Uh, Steve Irwin. Oh, Steve Irwin. He got yeah. taken out by a stingray, man. <laughs> Fuck that. There's some unknown unknowns. I didn't even know that. Stingray tails were barbed like that. I didn't like, either. I thought they were until that happened. Well, I mean, they are called stingrays, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought it would be like a shock, like a, you were just oh, st- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that stung. That stung a little bit. Oh, that's a warning. He stung me. I didn't know it would impale me through the chest like a like a spear out of Assassin's Creed. You know, <laughs> like just through the chest and it's over. And you have to be like you're literally looking at the stingray. The stinger is like I finished you. <laughs> Floating over your body. Yeah. And then yeah. it just goes right back in the water. It's pissed off because it lost a stinger. <laughs> Man, I gotta go to Walmart get a new stinger. But not like bees. Bees die, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They leave your stinger inside you. Uh so shout out to Sam Minacci. Came out on the episode last week. It was a fun episode. Talk about cars, talk about driving around in the city. Talking a lot about of stuff I don't know about. Yeah, same. That's fun. But yeah. Man, my wife's the gearhead. I'm not the gearhead. She's right. talking my ear off about cars left and right. Oh, yeah. But so that was last week. But this week, again, we have Woody Hudson. Thanks for coming on the show, Woody. Thanks oh. for coming back to Worcester for no, the summer. Yeah, no problem. Worcester is a great place to summer. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that? <laughs> I don't know. I've never said, summer. Oh, said no that? one ever. <laughs> so um, off the top, we uh, we said that you, you played for the Worcester Railers for two seasons. Almost two seasons. Almost two seasons. Uh, you were per- my favorite player. I definitely like yelling Woody. It also was easy that you were, your name is easy to like. Yeah, that was easy to pick out in general. There's that too. On the ice. 
There's that too. Is that is that Mike? No, it's not Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like looking through your stats, I noticed that there was uh, you had some goals, you had some assists. You didn't have more assists than goals. Yeah. Um, So let's start there. Do you value assists more than goals? Uh, yeah, it was funny because my first season, I literally didn't have an an assist to like the the halfway point of the season, but I had like twelve goals. (laughs) (laughs) And like the whole season, like. It wasn't like I wasn't trying to like I I'm, I usually overpass um, than shoot, but it was just a symptom of you know what was going on during that season, like who you're playing with, whatever um, the teams you're playing with, and uh, I don't know. I feel like goalies last year were like on the radar when they saw me play. Like oh, he's gonna shoot the puck. It's like oh shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> where where did that guy come from? But uh, this this year was like I got to move the puck around a bunch and. Um, yeah, I'm really like creating like like a lot of my games. If I had an assist, I had more than one. I like I like creating that sort of space and stuff. Sure. Yeah, for sure. It's an important role on a team. Yeah. What got you into hockey? So sort of like you're like you were always on rollerblades as a kid. Yeah. I, the, like the, like I I'm my family's not from hockey. Like my dad played professional basketball. My mom was like track and volleyball. But like everybody in my neighborhood rollerbladed. And there was a lot of great rollerbladers like there. And, and we grew up, I grew up in the inner city. So it wasn't like we were rollerblading on flat services. Like, no, you had a rollerblade around obstructions and like through traffic and through crackheads. Like you had, a, you had to have some awareness. So, um, I mean, I, I was rollerbladed with this kid named like Aladdin. And that's that, like that shit. You not his name is Aladdin, and that's he that's was awesome. always a better rollerblader than me. And he was just he was a smaller, faster. He was just a smaller, faster rollerblader. And would he just float? He would just float. <laughs> like, and I don't understand how he would keep that speed because I always felt like I was taking so many strides on the sidewalk, and this guy would just glide. He wasn't sweating. I'd be sweating profusely. Oh. Anyway, like my parents got me some skates from Kmart one Christmas. <laughs> and they took me to uh, I think it was it's called Midtown Square in Rochester there's this outdoor rink it was a great function for like open skate sure and as soon as I strapped those on I was just zoom, zoom, like <laughs> flying and I was going so much faster um, than everybody like I was bobbing and weaving very much like you see in, in that scene in Mighty Ducks uh, with uh, when they're going through uh, Mall of America or whatever and uh, a, a coach like a travel hockey coach was like, so like, does he play hockey? And my parents were like, what's hockey? <laughs> and they're like, well, I mean, I have some pads. You should probably have them try out for my team. So um, I grabbed the pads. I brought them out. I wasn't really expecting anything. Like from day one, like I didn't have any like hockey IQ, like offsides was a problem for me. Sure, really. sure. <laughs> it, took me it took me a bit to understand offsides, but I was faster than everybody. Yeah. And, and back then, like, I wasn't large. Like, I was one of the smaller guys, but I was fast. So I would literally just pick the puck up, like, push it with one hand up the ice and just zoom through everyone. That Fedorov move. Yeah, yeah, just zoom through everyone. And then I would just, like, I couldn't lift the puck. I would just literally just skate around the goalie and just, like, kind of push it in. And then, obviously, like, as you get into the game, like, I had excellent teammates. I still... Uh, I'm in contact. Like my best friends were from my my first travel team. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and literally, I was in a bar in Rochester, and I just saw the whole the whole Rochester youth like organization out at the bar at the same time. <laughs> and so we we're like, ah, I haven't seen you in. 
five years, whatever. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, but yeah, that's literally how I live. And, and they're, all my friends are really great about like, yo, dude, you can't be going off sides. This is why, <laughs> this is why they're blowing my whistle. I was like, oh, all right. And then by the second year, like I, I understood everything and I've been playing hockey ever since. So how long now? Like 10 years, 12 years? 17. Seven? No, 20. 20 years. 20 years. That shows you how good at math I am right there. <laughs> it took me a while. I was like, yeah. we'll, we'll speed it up in post and it'll feel like it was just, <laughs> yeah, right? That's this gets fine. quick. He did some quick math. <laughs> so you're from Rochester area? So. Yeah, I say Rochester. I'm from Greece, New York. Okay. Uh, but I when I started playing hockey, it was in Rochester. So yeah. I was that kid in any city that, like, my dad would park his car in our driveway and all the kids would be coming home for football practice and I'd have a hockey bag and everything. <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> What's in that bag? What's in that bag? Is it guns? No. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's heavier than guns. It's heavier yeah, than right? guns. It stinks. It's Who were your, like, who's your favorite player growing up? Um, it was a, Jerome McGinley. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah, it was Jerome McGinley. And then um, I, I'm right now, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of Pavel Datsu. Okay. Mostly because I know I would never be able to do anything that he's doing, <laughs> like on the ice. I mean, I got, um, when I was coming out of college and I was like, going to pro camps and stuff. Like I got to see him work in practice. Really? And I was like, and then I watched him play the Buffalo Sabres. So I'm from Rochester yeah. and, and like I'm a Pavel Datsyuk, Pavel Datsyuk fan. Um, and I watched him literally play with this Buffalo Sabres <laughs> and it, he wasn't moving. Like it was like a day off for him. And I know it was a day off because like I said, I just saw him in practice and he would just, they'd give him the puck in center ice and he just stick handle and then, oh, sauce, <laughs> like break away, you know, every time. And so um, that's why I really like, I wish I could had half of his, his touch on the puck. And, um, but he's one of the hardest working guys I think I've ever seen in practice. Sure. So I've always really looked up to him. And then obviously Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. Um, he's just a beast. He's just a beast, yeah. Yeah. He's a tank too. Yeah. So. I like watching him hit while I watch him score. Right. So like like when I was going yeah, in college right. and like I started like growing and I hit like six three, like I try to mimic as much of him as possible. Like because I was I was like a larger guy, I'm like two thirty five. Yeah. So it's like how can I make 235 work on this far <laughs> surface of ice? <laughs> Slam it into everybody else. Right. Shit. I mean, like, if you moved into an enforcer role, like, you're, you're more of like a... I did notice that your penalty minutes are, are up every season. And, like... Yeah. Probably, like, every season, like, at the end of the season, we're like, oh, yeah, we, we wish you, uh, you hit more. It's like, yeah, you say that, but every time I hit someone, I get a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, like... You wish we would kind of wish you fought more. It's like, do you know how hard it is for me to find a fight? <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, no one's gonna fight me. One because I'm not struggling an enforcer. So like, if an enforcer wanted to fight me, it's a lose lose for him. Because if he loses, it's like, oh, I lost to Woody Hudson. He was an ECHL All Star. He's got he's putting up twenty to thirty points a year. Um, and he might beat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's just only good for Woody, you know. So the fights that I have had are like guys who have like try to jump me, failed. Generally, they fail. Um, and, or they're like what like seasoned vets who know who knew they were strong enough to get out of the fight when they think things are going south. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I've always had like for whatever reason, like there's always been like an enforcer on my team. So like when I was on Worcester, it was Yannick Turcotte, yeah, yeah. who would just fight all the time. And that's like literally, I would go up for faceoffs, and I just I wouldn't even know where he was gonna fight, but like he would just drop the gloves, and I'm like, oh, 
Yes, I stand around for I a guess second. his shifts are washed. Let's go, let's go, Terrence. <laughs> and, uh, and then on Indy was Anthony Collins, who literally hasn't lost a fight. Um, well, he hasn't didn't hasn't lost a fight at all. So um, I haven't really had to enforce. Yeah, that's um, cool. I know. I yeah. just just curious more yeah. than anything. And it's hilarious because sometimes I'll hit a guy or like they'll hit someone on my team and I'll just go. Like, oh, sorry, it was an accident. And I was like, all right. <laughs> it's like what do you want for It's like you want me to be like what do you, be this. He's he's apologetic extremely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Just curious because like yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's a big part of the game, and I know like so as I was doing my research on you, I happen to stumble onto this site that's literally called Hockey Fights or Drop the Gloves. You're familiar, and they have every single not every single but a lot of your fights on yeah. video. I wasn't about to log in to watch them all, but I was I was impressed with how much of a culture it is around the hockey fights of hockey. I right. I, so I didn't know how much you saw yourself in that role or or if you even gave a shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care who I fight. So like, I mean, there's a lot of them on drop, drop gloves. Um, I, I remember I had to fight two guys back to back at Blackhawks camp. What? <laughs> yeah, like back to back, like, and they're like, oh, like, he must be tired of this fight. I and mean, like, he literally hit one of the guys, like one of the draft picks and like, it was, I'm like trying to make the team. I was like, all right, I can't, like, I can't let's just let you hit this hitter, the most skilled guy, skilled prospect in the organization. Like we're all on the ice in front of Joel Quinville and everybody, everybody the Blackhawks organization. But like, um, I love, I personally love fighting. I actually fought a lot. Okay. Not in hockey. I, I had a lot of fights just as a kid, just, um, scrapping it in just the because I was like in the I grew up in the inner city and I went to a charter school and that's just the nature of the beast yeah. my dad actually um, he taught me everything I know about fighting but he fought way more than me um, <laughs> but you know there's a little switch that kicks in like like what's hard what, what was hard for me is like once I like get that fight it's like the rest of the game I'm just like anybody else want to go? yeah like I, I don't really I want to just fight <laughs> I just want to I just want to crush somebody. And this is a special sound their fist makes when you connect with someone's skull. <laughs> Jesus. You know, That's so metal. There's a special sound. It's a, it's a crunch. You wouldn't think it was a crunch. There's a crunch. And then... And, and you're, you're looking, like, you're looking, and you're just like... In that moment where they're just... You can tell they know they need to... They're, Seek metal like, attention. Yeah, my, one of my... One of my best fights, I think, was this kid. We were playing in uh, De- De- uh, Dubuque, something you saw. And, and, and I was a rookie that season. So, like, I was a rookie. I hadn't played a single game. Like, I was always dressed, but I was always just sitting on the bench. And then I fought this kid named Dax Lowers and then Carter Fogith and then this kid named Mike Uso in, like, a week. <laughs> and Uso was, like, the fighter at this time, like, whatever. And I remember... Being in a locker room and like all my teammates was like, "You're gonna fight him. You're gonna fight him." I'm like, "Who am I gonna fight?" He was like, "You." So I was like, "Sure." <laughs> so we line up in the face off and like, for whatever reason, like, and because I was, I think it was because I was a rookie. Like, no one knew that I could fight, so I'd been just been crushing heavies like consistently. And I remember he like tried to punch me, and I kind of just like I just ate it, and then I just. <laughs> But, it, it, you know, fighting is scary because, like, one, you can't stop 
punching a person because it only takes a moment for that fight to turn. Yeah, so oh, yeah. even when their lights, the lights go out in their eyes, you, you kind of have to keep going until they fall yeah. because it only takes, I mean, that guy's a, a seasoned veteran. He fights all the time. It only takes one punch until you, you're, in, you're in trouble. Oh yeah, he hits you in the right spot. He hits right me in the right spot. And it's not like I cover my face when I fight either. It's, so like, crunch. And then it's just like, oh, and then he's just, he's out. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of thing fucks with you. It messes your mind, like, as a person. You start sizing people up for no reason. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're at the grocery store, like, I don't know, I could probably take that guy. Like, I knew a dude that was trying out for the Worcester Sharks back when they were around, and he, he was going for the enforcer role, and his job was to, like, his tryout was to fight three people in one day. Yeah. And, like, when I knew this dude, I was kind of living near him, and I just wanted to play some street hockey. Like, we had a, a net and some shitty. So we invited him over, but he straight up told us, my form of hockey is not for friends or family. No. And we're like, all right. You can't just, you can't just come out and have fun? All right, I get it. We can't just be friends? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, so... So that being said, like, damn, I respect the hell out of that. That's yeah. manly as shit. I wish I could, I wish I was strict. I being, I feel like I'd be, I wish I was just in, sometimes I You could like, score goals. I just, yeah, I know, I know, but like, it's just like, dude, like there's guys that just enforce that are in the NHL right now. Have you seen Ice Guardians? Is that like an animated film? No, no, it's not. <laughs> it kind of sounds like it, but no, it's a, uh, it's like some documentary about enforcers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fucking incredible because you literally you talk to they like go through the interview like George Perros and, and Brian McGrath and like all these guys who built their entire 10, 12, 13 year NHL careers off of fighting mm-hmm. and they're like yeah growing up like you know they were always the best kids in their neighborhood but then as you get into a higher level of hockey you realize like fuck I'm not that good like right. I used to score 50 goals a season now I'm scoring you know Two, 12, 12 like, or like, yeah. yeah but they were always bigger and, and stronger than everybody else and then they kind of like went down that fighting road and then especially in the, the 80s and 90s like their careers were huge yeah they were almost guaranteed a job every single year right and now that I mean the, the sad gone, thing yeah, like all my coaches like all my coaches tell me so you were born in the wrong era. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because they're taking it out of the game. Um, like, all of my penalties, like, I get a lot of boarding penalties. Like, I get a lot of roughing penalties. Like, but I don't take I don't take very many penalties, but it's just literally, like, aggression penalties. And they're trying to take that out of the sport. So sometimes I feel like, man, this is soft. It's not the sport that I grew up watching. Like, I used to watch old-time hockey. Like, I used to watch the Sabres. Like, my coach... Uh, for travel it was Jamie Hofford. He was the enforcer. Uh, he played one game, I think, for the Sabres, but he played most of his career for the Amherst. And this guy, like, I see him every summer. I go home and see him every summer. And this guy, he take, his nose has been broken so many times, it's all cartilage, and he just moves it around his oh, face. Good. Like oh, Mr. Right. Potato Head from, <laughs> from Toy Story. And, like, you can tell, like, sometimes you talk to him, like, and this is why this guy was probably, probably one of the best coaches I've ever had. Because you could tell, like in his voice, like he, like he knew, like he never had to raise his voice. It's like Woody didn't backtrack, and then he just kind of stare at you. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, got you. All yeah, right. uh, on it. So like, you didn't finish that check, Woody. Finish it next <laughs> time, okay? And you're just like, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. 
That's I mean, but hockey coaches, truthfully, like I've taken, so I used to play back in the day and then I had to quit to the bone of my left hip twisted and was slipping out of the socket and they had to put a pin in it. Eighth mm-hmm. grade, it sucked. <clears throat> then I got fat. Point of my story is I take some, like, some you more, still play if you're fat, look at Silver Throw. Oh, hell yeah. No, no, I just, they wouldn't let me. I couldn't play contact sports. Oh, yeah. So then I got fat because I couldn't <laughs> play sports. Um, but the coaches, like, I carry lessons that my coaches gave me my entire life. Like, right. if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't get on my fucking ice. Yeah. Like, that still to this day lives with me. Yeah. Like, do you have any lifelong coach kind of lessons that you've taken with you? Um, respect is earned, not given. So if you let a guy hit you all game, slash you all game, chances are, you know, that team, whatever, thinks they can hit you and slash you all game and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's the same, like, in the workplace, you know, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of kids I work with, I work with a lot of millennials. I'm a millennial, but I'm, like, an older one. We're millennials, Like, look at my hands are, like, covered in calluses, like. I'm a working man, I, damn Yeah, it. I'm a working man, <laughs> damn it. Like, I put up tents, I do landscaping. Um, but a lot of the problems is, like, in, when they're dealing with uh, their employer or whatever, is they're not, deme- like, so a lot of the problems, they don't demand respect, like, they, they live so, oh, a lot of employers, they respect when you demand stuff from them. That's how you get up. Like, that's how you get that promotion. Because they, all right, you expect more. So I'm going to give you more responsibility. So that, that that's sort of what I took a, a lot, mostly from my hockey coaches, really. Sure. It's like, oh, you want more ice time? Come and demand it. Like, make me make me put you in a situation where you prove that you don't deserve this ice time or you should have been at this ice time. You don't, yeah. And hockey is a very rare sport where you get that, where it's like... I mean, I played basketball too. It's a different. Yeah. <laughs> the messages here, the basketball world. coaches are telling you is different. I can um, see that. Yeah. My dad was my basketball coach. That's why I don't play basketball. <laughs> Too much pressure on you? Uh, no, it was more like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like, so he would do shit. He would do stuff like uh, we'd go to practice, but he'd drive into basketball practice apps uh, all the time. But we'd be late. So he'd be like, all right. Everybody that showed to practice late, get on the line. I was like, but you drove. <laughs> You're, uh, yeah. And then so, like, I always had to be, like, I'd had the most rebounds. I wasn't, like, I, he put me as, like, a five, and I was, like, one of the smaller guys. He's like, what are you starting at? <sighs> but, like, a six-foot-three guy is just like, yeah, what do you got? <laughs> you got to you you help me out with the paint, man. I can't just be here. I'm like, dude, I'm five-foot-four. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you want from me? Like, <laughs> like what do you want from me? It's like, got to have your hands up, Williams. Like, yo, like, I'm the shortest guy out here. <laughs> So, yo, you said your dad was a professional player? Yeah, and my dad, my dad's like 6'6", six, six, like uh, three. NBA professional player? Oh, uh, he played in Spain. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And he had like a tryout for the Knicks. And he's like a Rochester legend. We go and watch Rochester legends. This is all those like pro guys that come back to Rochester and they end up like coaching and proliferating the sport in the city. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that is awesome. How many pro camps did you go to? Uh, I went to um, Islanders rookie camp, Blackhawks rookie camp, and then Bridgeport um, development camp. Sound Tigers. Yeah. Sound Tigers. Sound Tigers. El Tigres. Some of these names are some 
Some garbage. They could come up with better names. I don't know why it's like Sound Tigers. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying they could be a better name. I'm not saying. <laughs> so as much as I enjoy, I like the, the Sound Tigers. <laughs> I just don't like their news. It was a really weird night when the Worcester Railers played the something. Oh, the, yeah, the Wheeling Nailers. Yeah. Holy shit! Every Railers game I've ever been to, this is the most two teams. <laughs> really? I've never yeah. seen them play a single other team. Only the Nailers. Uh, who are the dudes that wore the whole all black jerseys? All black. Uh, was it like a specialty night? No, no, no. So they were, uh, shit, what team were they? I guess this was their last season. Oh, Manchester. Manchester. Monarchs. Yeah, the Monarchs. They were an AHL team, right, before? They were an AHL team, okay. and then they devolved into a BCH tone. Now they're nothing. Oh, yeah. Devolved. yeah. They always, I end up getting a lot of their games. And right. those games end up dirty. Like yeah, I used to see games. them play, like, the Ice Cats and the Sharks and stuff, and they're still an AHL team. Yeah. What, uh, all right, so you got traded back in January? January, January yeah. yeah. That sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. How I mean, much of that is your call? Uh, so I think the symptoms of, I don't know, the symptoms of the trade was kind of like, I feel like it was my call. Um, so I can, I, so to preface this, like, the ECHL, as a player, you're kind of everything's kind of categorized. So there are players with ECHL one-way contracts, two-way contracts, AHL or age yeah. straight AHL contracts. So when these um, when like AHL guys get sitting down, it kind of pushes everyone down. So this is like coming off of um, being an ECHL All-Star, like going to the All-Star game, um, being one of the leading scorers on my team, most See, goals in the league. Yeah, um, and then and I, and. I, I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay in Worcester. Um, I I love being part of Worcester. Like I'm still here. Like I wouldn't be here this summer if I hate. Like if that was an issue, it was just. It was really unfortunate because I mean there was a point in the season where like I, I left Bridgeport camp and I got nothing but good reviews from the coaching staff. Um, and then I, they sent me down here because they said they didn't have room in the AHL for me. And I was like, well, if I'm here and I'm doing all this stuff. Like more stuff than, you know, guys that are making more money than me. Um, can I get a bump? <laughs> they wouldn't give them to me. So, um, and, and it wasn't a problem because at the time I was more more or less really invested in uh, my teammates. Like I had been pretty much with the same guys for like a year and a half, two years. Loved every sure. single one of them. I love the city, love the fans. Like one of my best, my closest friends actually lives in the city. He's not part of the team in any way or fashion. He's a fan. And I talk to him all the time. And like, I mean, even this summer, like I'm not even on the team. They're still selling my jersey. They're still selling my likeness or whatever. And it was kind of a slap in the face. It was one, all I really, really wanted was like, hey, like I want to look, I want a game in the AHL. Right. You want a shot? Um, I want a shot. Just give me a shot. Like, I already played an exhibition game. Um, from what you're telling me, told me after that game, I'm not trash. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would know if I was, I was, if I was trash, I'd be like, yeah. What? <laughs> like, yeah, noted. Appreciate the honesty. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, don't cut me, you know. But um, really, I was just looking for, a, like, a nod or, like, some sort of sign of, hey, like, acknowledgement. I didn't get it. And then... Um, as the season kind of progressed, uh, it, I kind of got like I felt like I was being viewed as like somehow like ungrateful for like the opportunity, which what totally wasn't the case. Like I was still, yeah. I'm I was still 
I was still fighting guys. Like, right. I was still, still like, I was still, I was still like, they kind of pushed my role from, you know, like a top forward, which at the, at the beginning of the season, I was like a leading scorer. And then they kind of were like, all right, well, we just need you to be like 10 forward grinder, like hitting and then the occasional fight. And I was like, fine with that. Cause I'm invested in this team. Like I would love to bring a Kelly club to Worcester. Yeah. Um, but because I was like so willing to take that sort of support role, like when it came down, like I, by the time January came, it was like really hard for me to distinguish myself as an AHL like caliber player, or someone that needs to be to get games. Yeah, and that's frustrating. So um, I ended up getting traded to Indy after we played New Finland, and that. That sucked because one, I, I was really hoping when I was like, all right, well, something needs to change. Like I was really hoping that they would at least have a, like a conversation with me where we could talk as, you know, a yeah, team, team, team and organization, just tell them. Cause literally like they were like, all right, you need to fight. I was like, guy, I'm gonna go fight this guy. <laughs> it's like, all right, we need to get chip, chip pucks in and get off the ice. I was like, fine. Um, but I was I was really disappointed in the fact that like after all the time I put into like on the ice, off the ice, with fans, like with the community, um, they kind of treated me as like just another like a, like a commodity they can just dish. Yeah. So that was that was really unfortunate. But that, I understand it's hockey's a business. It's a business. It's a business at the end of the day. I mean, but so it's a, in that same token, you recognize that it's a business and you recognize that you bring value to this business. Right. You just wanted your piece of that business. I mean, I, I just wanted them to, I guess, reciprocate or invest um, in the fact, invest in the time that I'm, I was, time and energy I was putting into um, being a part of this program, which I love being a part of. Yeah, man. Um, that's all I really wanted. I wasn't even like, you could just be like, hey, like, you know, we understand you can't get games, but um, get some Chipotle, unlimited Chipotle. <laughs> unlimited Chipotle. You need a gas card, homie. Got you. You want some tickets to Palladium? Sure. But like, we didn't even have a conversation. Like, I was, I'm very low maintenance. Like, um, yeah, do something. Like, you can do <laughs> something, man. Um, but it didn't end up happening that way. So, um, you feel better in Indy? Indy was just like, uh, I mean, if I were, if you're going to get traded somewhere, it's it's nice to get traded where, like, I mean, I played junior hockey there. Right. So, like, the fan base, like, I was obviously, I was comfortable. Like, I was aware of my surroundings. Like, man, there's guys that go from Worcester to, like, Rapid City. Where the hell's Rabbit City? Exactly. Oh, like, <laughs> what are you going to do out there? Nothing. Um, but I had already been familiar with Indy and um, actually the coaching staff there. So it was a really good fit. And then the players there were really nice to me. And it was a really good spot. Is India a hockey town? Like No, they're like out? trying to like, they're trying to like develop that aspect. Like they have the uh, um, junior fuel or junior ice. And it's getting there. That's cool. It's just like, man, Indy's a vast place. Like, there's a lot of... Well, there are, I mean, I would think of Indianapolis as a racing town. Like, just because of the 500. Yeah. There's like a, a lot football of, town, probably. Football, basketball. Uh, huge. Sure. Hockey, not so much. Hockey's getting up there, though. So, they're doing a really good job marketing hockey out there. Nice. Yeah. I think hockey in general is just growing audiences. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it was hockey, hockey and sub. It, like literally, if that coach hadn't given me like free equipment as a kid, I would not be in the sport. Yeah. Um, it's expensive, and it's not like you can buy one set of everything and just be in the sport. No, like I was growing, I had to go through a new pair of skates every six months. Like you hit growth spurts. Like yeah. there's literally twelve pairs of skates in my garage at home. And I only skated in it for two months because literally you just grow through everything. And, it, and those skates are expensive. They're like 700 to 1200 bucks. That's a the, down payment on a house. <laughs> the only like actual organized hockey I ever played, I played spring hockey in Auburn. Yeah. So it's like 12 games or something for, I don't know, two months maybe. Yeah. But it was like a hundred bucks to play. I, by then I had like pads and stuff, but it was like the easiest form of organized hockey to play. Um, mostly because it was so fucking expensive to play yeah. growing up. Right. But played a lot of street hockey though. My parents put <clears throat> my brother and I through hockey and I like, by no means were we well off. We weren't like super struggling, but yeah. we weren't well off. And there was two of us, not yeah. only doing mm -hmm. the travel deal, but like what he said, yeah. buying new gear every six months. Yeah. So I was surprised that you have those skates because we had to trade all of ours in. Oh, We'd have to yeah. go to like play it against sports and get a down payment on the next. Well, yeah. I have three little sisters who all can skate. So they were all just that's wearing. There it is. Gear. So they went yeah. straight hand me down. <laughs> straight <laughs> hand me down. That, but that's the same thing. A lot. My brother had to skate a lot of the same skates I did. He had yeah. to wear a lot of the same pads I sweated. Sticks. But sticks? sticks. Oh, I never. So he's left-handed. He looked uh, out there. Yeah. See, like my like my parents were cool with my sisters. My sister had the same uh, Easton ST, like her whole hockey, whatever. But man, like <laughs> one once stick. once the Easton Synergy came out, and like it was just like I couldn't use the Sherwood flat blade anymore. <laughs> and like I, I remember that Christmas, we're like, all right, what do you want? I was like. An Easton Synergy and this, this, and this. They're like, all right, you're getting an Easton Synergy. <laughs> and I snapped it. The first game I played, oh. I snapped it. And uh, after that, I've had a job ever since. <laughs> I've been working ever since because my parents were like, we, we can't spend 300 bucks on something yeah. we, we know you're going to break. Yeah. ECHL, do you guys have stick deals? We have, yeah, so we were, I think, I think the ECHL was affiliated with the CCM. Um, they were switching to Warrior. But even now, like, at the end of the last season, like, I ran out of sticks. Like, really? Because I'll go through 30 sticks in, Shit. in a fortnight. Dang. Yeah. And it's not a function of me just sitting around just, like, I literally, I literally wouldn't take slap shots because it was like, nope, I only got 26 of these left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, ah, like, sometimes you just catch a pass and it just snaps in your hand. You're just like, like, what are you going to do? You got to grab another stick. It's oh. coming out. <laughs> that's miserable. That's, that's something I never even thought of that you guys are. I think I think about that every time I go to a Rallys game. I have no idea what, I mean, obviously I know like AHL and NHL, they don't pay for anything. Yeah. But like where you guys are, I'm like, I know you guys are traveling on buses. What's your gear deal look like? Are you actually getting hooked up with shit? So, oh yeah, like, cool they take they take care of us. Stuff. Like they that's take care awesome. of our gear um, within reason. Yeah. Um, obviously, like if you have an AHL contract, you get AHL sticks. Like if an AHL contract, you get NHL sticks. Yeah. And there's no real like your equipment manager. If you have an A or uh, NHL dealer, they're not gonna be like, oh, you can't have a stick. But if you have an ECHL guy, he's just sitting around snapping sticks. Like he'll probably be like, no more sticks for you. You gotta go. Gotta go figure it out or talk to coach and figure it out. Ugh. But no one's like that. Like, yeah, you know, and it's cool. Every organization is, is kind of cool. They like understand that you need, like, you need what you need to do your job. Yeah. 
So uh, we're talking about jobs and you're talking about, so you chose to come back here to Worcester. You're clearly not playing hockey now. <laughs> you're, you're in sales, you said. Yeah. How are you spending your time? Uh, mostly just working out. Um, like I said, like I have, I only have, I have three jobs. Um, trying to make a dent in these student loans. Yo. <laughs> Yo, they're real. Yeah, I just paid mine off last year. Oh, you lucky, lucky. Lucky is nothing. I'm in my 30s. That shit's oh my goodness. I'm almost in my 30s. I'm just trying to make sure this isn't a thing when I'm trying to like settle down. Yeah. Student loans like the linger. You know? yeah. <laughs> Still paying my wife. There's always. A lot of people who are paying this. You know? So I'm hoping that, you know, whoever that politician's boasting, uh, Student loan, or was it? Was that uh, Bernie Sanders? Bernie. Yeah, you get your vote. Erase, erase, erase the student loans. You'll be surprised at how much it stimulates the economy because I can't spend money on anything right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I I work like I put up tents, like I do landscaping, and um, I also work as a salesman for this like knife company. <laughs> Are you selling cocoon? Yes, I am, dude. <laughs> I didn't know that shit still existed. Oh man, you'd be surprised. It exists and it thrives. Really? Yeah. Which I mean, and it really gets your foot. It just gets your foot in the door, sales wise. No, uh, I feel you. Like so, like when I'm applying for jobs or whatever, it's like, do you have sales experience? It's like, you know what? I actually do. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? Yeah, I made a lot of a lot of somethings and out of nothing a whole bunch of times. You also spent a little time over at Artreach, I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working with the kids. Absolutely. And I, to be like, I, I that's a real reason because um, I get to stay and do that. And a lot of my time that I'm not working, I'm just working on all the projects that I'm developing. And I would, really, I would, I would have a lot of distractions in Rochester. Yeah, is that why you don't go home? Yeah, well, I have three little sisters. It's a house, like it's a big house, but like I have a lot of people there that I like to hang out with. And um, I mean, this summer I'm just like very goal oriented. Before I inevitably return, um, like the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. Huh. yeah. That's interesting that you came back to Worcester. Like, this was the place you figured would be the place to get work done. Yeah. It's kind of rad. Yeah, because, I mean, I know where everything is. Like, I know how to disappear. Like, if I, like, I know just the right amount of people where it's just like, oh, if I don't text them back, it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but they know where to find me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's shit. Why not? I like. I want that life whereas, so bad. Whereas, whereas, if, you're, if I'm in Rochester, like, I because I, I literally hate answering my phone. I hate answering texts, and I'll just like want to answer that everybody's feeling some like literally like feeling some kind of way because I don't respond or I'm like I'm like oh let's go out. I'm like nah, I don't want to go out. I just want to stay inside. Like, what do you like to go out? In Worcester. Um, I don't go out in Worcester. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I'm in Rochester, I, like I just came, like my little sister's graduation was this weekend. And like I went out with my sister, like her boyfriend, like my friends from growing up. And we went to this bar called Brass. And the reason why I don't go like going out is because it's expensive to yeah, so expensive. And I was like buying drinks for everyone. Like once I get started drinking, like I certainly turn into P. Diddy. He's like, drink, 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 drink. You're not drinking. You take a drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are preaching to the choir. <laughs> You're Diddy. I was usually Jay-Z. Jay-Z? <laughs> Nowhere yeah. near the billionaire status, but I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it. 
Round of shots. Just cheating on Beyonce, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Naomi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's awesome. What did you teach the kids over at Outreach? Oh, really just to think outside the box. So like, there's a lot of kids. I was like, all right, well, one of the things you you can think about like when you're developing characters, like you see in like anime and comic books, it's like, all right, well, if the, if the author um, doesn't have time to develop a, a character's ethos and he just wants you to know their personality, a lot of times, um, they draw like, the the person's features as close to whatever animal that we readily identify with those characteristics. Um, so I was like, all right, I want you to draw um, people that look like animals. <laughs> or if you want to draw someone earnest, you draw someone that has dog-like features. If you wanted to draw someone who's vicious, or maybe aggressive, maybe alone. So maybe something like a wolf, um, proud and regal, maybe like an eagle that rhymed. Um, <laughs> Dope. Yeah. So I had him doing this, and like while we're drawing, I was like, they're like, Woody, is this okay? Like, is this color? I was like, doesn't matter what color they are. <laughs> like, just subliminal, just doesn't matter what color they are. It, it could be whatever you want. Oh, like, I want to draw this guy. Like, it doesn't have to be a guy. It doesn't have to be a girl. It doesn't even really have to gender. It's, it's just what you create. And then, like, it, it's good. Like, I don't know. Like, when I was a kid, like, they kind of, like, one of the most frustrating things I had to deal with, like, when I was, like, drawing or creating is when people were telling me what to draw or create. It's, Hell yeah. No, that's limiting. Like, you're telling me that, like, if I draw this, it's not going to be okay? No. Like, that's that's not art, you know. Mm. Art is free thinking. You know, you're supposed to take from it whatever you want to take from it. Um, so I try to, like, at least give that to these kids. I mean, I, obviously, Darcy and Jessica... They do an excellent job there with our reach anyways, but yeah, um, shout out to Darcy and Jess. Shout out to Arch Reach. And really like it's a gift to me because there's some incredible artists um, at Art Reach. Bye Mike D, we love you. <laughs> Way more talented than I was, uh, I am who are drawing, you see some amazing things. Once you you see some unencumbered, like when they don't have to think about it, they're just sketching, just doodling, like yeah. come out with the craziest stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> I uh, I had the opportunity to teach. Uh, I tried to teach not comic books so much as like sequential art, like telling a story in three mm. panels there. And it was it was equally parts challenging and and fun to just watch these kids create. And like I tried to get them to tell like a silly bad joke or like a joke in three panels mm -hmm. just to get their mind wrapped around something. And I got some of just the weirdest, strangest art. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's all great. And like you said, you just kind of want to promote them and like yeah. encourage them. That's great. Keep drawing. Like, yeah. so more. I'll never be as creative as I was when I was like nine, 10, 11 years old. It's probably because you know more though. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we just, everybody, I feel is super creative because you have to be. It's like the only thing you can, that's all you know how to do. You that's make true. up the entire world around you kind of. And this is well, yeah, because you're constantly explaining the things you have to, you're seeing in yeah. real time. And by the time you're like our, our age, like you've had millions of people literally tell you how things are supposed to be, what they're supposed to look like, yeah. um, why things are. Yeah, takes away all the, the fun. I think <laughs> so, but now that I'm an adult, just to offer a counterpoint, I feel like my creations are more cohesive. Yeah, they're definitely more, yeah. Where like before I would create just like, my brother and I drew a book of monsters and every monster was completely different. Now I can actually like hone that in and yeah. create a breath of one thing and actually have it tell a, I don't know, just more cohesion. For sure. 
Just interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's sad when I hear people, like I was talking to a guy at the dump the other day and he saw my powwow hat and he's like, what's the deal with that hat? And I'm like, oh, it's the art thing. He's like, oh, I was an artist. And I'm like, oh, well, what's, what made you stop? Ah, I just gave it up. And that makes me so fucking sad. Like, don't give it up. You don't have to give it up. Just go make something. You're, <laughs> you're an artist again. You can draw something before you go to bed. Boom. <laughs> oh. well, I mean, so where I'm trying to lead this conversation is I want to talk about Apex Chronicles and, okay. and the whole idea of just like, there was a one time where I wanted to be a comic book creator and I didn't know how to do it. And, and everybody, so I, you know, Brian Michael Bendis. So he's a creator for Marvel. Brilliant mind. Um, he wrote a book all about creating writing for comics, I think is what it's called. But his whole mantra is uh, take a piece of paper, draw a comic. And once it's done, boom, you are officially in comics. There's yeah. no need to sweat it anymore. You can just now start making cool shit and mm -hmm. don't worry about who the hell sees it. Right. So that being said, <laughs> Apex Chronicles sounds like something you've been working on for quite a while. Right, right. Yeah, literally. Um, so I got in this, I mean, like, like we were just talking about, it was like, I was, when I went to college, I was kind of like, well, I'm done with this artistic sh shite. Like, I'm just gonna focus on hockey. And then I ended up, uh, I was an econ major, I ended up switching, I became a history uh, history major, sports studies minor. But I took a lot of English classes. And one of them was graphic fin uh, fictions, Mr. Woods, shout out to Mr. Woods, St. Lawrence, SLU, L4L. And uh, um, he actually, he did a lot, like he kind of took me on a wing, like, and also uh, Mrs. Brashears, I don't know her first name, might be Anne or whatever. I but, don't know. Um, so, and both, I took the, both of those clashes, it was women's bands and their fictions and then graphic fictions. And uh, I struggled at first because I was like, all right, I gotta make a comic book. When that's not, that's not the first thing you should start by thinking when you're trying to create something. It's like, what's on my mind? Like, what do I think is cool? So I just start, started drawing that and he was really supportive. And then boom, like as soon as I started drawing, it was like a, a light kind of like switched in my brain. And then coupled with um, the story development stuff that I had to do for my women, like fictions class. Um, and then that's, that's kind of when I made like the love child was like Apex Chronicles. But what was really unfortunate was, and I ended up making a comic book for my senior project, and it's at St. Lawrence. Um, but what was really unfortunate is because it's called Apex Chronicles, but I could only come up with one, one chronicle. One chronicle. <laughs> and that chronicle was like 35 pages. Like, it was like this. And, uh, you know, it was my first like attempt, but like ever since then I've been obsessed with the ideas and concepts I came up with because um, it was kind of like a mind, like I, I really liked, it was like a, a coalescence of everything that I thought, like how I perceive like the world as I see it. And on top of that, another way to uh, understand things around me, you know what I'm saying? So um, do you have any specific questions? Just more of like one, it is goddamn respectable that your first foray, you're going after a graphic novel and yeah. not like a 20 page. But you said it yourself, you did a 36, which <laughs> is somewhere between, it's like a, it's like a book and a half normally. Mm -hmm. um, what is like the current iteration of Apex look like? So I ended up coming with, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but like. Okay, so it might change the name. No, the name's staying, okay. but um, like I was telling you before the interview, I actually came out with like, I mean, when I read it, it kind of comes off as like a codex or like a Bible, but it's like a, 
extremely long forward. It's about like 600 pages of just explaining like the story because the story before the Chronicle, because there's a lot to coming, like going into creating your own universe. And I was like, well, I can't just rush into this one character and just be like, oh, this is Apex, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, there's there's content that goes along with it. And then we can get into the, the adventure side. But um, pretty much, um, so we have the, the, the Codex that explains pretty much the concept of Apex, which is a singular being that started this reality, like this universe. And this character uh, was tired of being in a universe where he's all alone and perceived everything that, the only things that he perceived were things that he created. So he splits his being into as many pieces as he can. And the whole story is literally, like, it kind of talks about what if God was like one of us. Um, just a stranger on the bus? Uh, just a stranger on a bus. What <laughs> happens when you give a stranger on a bus some power? And because every piece of his being goes into um, what I call vessels, people, things, objects. That, and and you can and the reason why I had to come up with the CODES is because it does a large a large part of it explains all the nat like natural disasters, like wars, like um, famine, disease, like all those things are explained because it's um, parts of Apex that are one um, overriding fa factors kind of take over the natural balance of the universe because, like I said, they're all parts of a larger whole yeah. and and there's and those parts compete against each other over time so yeah i'm having a lot of fun with it that's it sounds like <laughs> that's you're having a blast yeah this codex using 600 pages is that yeah. prose or is that all drawn prose so just straight prose just straight in a book. yeah just so you, a book. you wrote a book yeah before I wrote you wrote a book yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even supposed to be that i was like all right well i'm just gonna write I just want to write the ethos for each of these characters. And I started writing, 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 writing. And I was like, all right, that's 40 pages. <laughs> that's like a completely different, that's like a chapter. So, all right, I guess we'll go to the next one. <laughs> but, you know, I'm blessed with ADHD and insomnia, so I got it done. <laughs> just, and a lot of time, a lot of free time in the ECA drill. Yeah? So much. A lot of, a lot of thinking time? A lot of thinking time. Um, and a lot of the stories, especially the combat scenes, like fighting, like descriptions, right, right from my um, experiences. Oh shit, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, right from my life experiences, a lot of the interactions between like uh, the interpersonal relationships, like one of the things I'm playing with right now is the idea of uh, why, good, like, why good people are kind of attracted to bad people and it's kind of... Um, but yeah, like so, everything kind of comes out of like my life experiences, like what I've seen, and uh, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> That's right. Any questions? No, I wouldn't even know where to begin when it comes to comic books. Have you ever read a comic book, Ricky? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. I remember going to like Toys R Us and buying them a lot when I was a little kid. My dad used to. So my reward for good grades, he would take me to this uh, newspaper. They don't even have these anymore. Newspaper stands? News, it was this new, massive newspaper stand. And the first comic book he bought me was Spider-Man. That's awesome. And it was Spider-Man. I, um, I think Blade was in it. What? Yeah. It was, so like it wasn't like the first issue. It was like issue 52. And then like I read it and like... The reason why he did it was because like just like I got I mean I was he was trying to get me interested in like reading or whatever. Sure. And then I mean that absolutely triggered me into collecting comic books and 
Um, the largest collection of comic books I have um, is actually Green Lantern. Really? Yeah, it's actually Green Lantern. That happened completely on accident because every time I went to that freaking newsstand after that, <laughs> all the Spider-Man was gone <laughs> in the suit. And I never really identified with Superman because I never really understood his ethos. It's like, man, this guy's whining about not fitting in and, and being um, sort of alienated on this planet, not understanding why the world works. It's like, bro, like... You're an alien from out of space, but you're just, you're literally clad like a normal white dude from uh, Kansas. Yeah, I don't so understand what the problem is. <laughs> like, what's your issue? Like, but, um, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of Hal Jordan, which, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I lean towards John Stewart, obviously. I was going to ask you which version. John I, Stewart, I couldn't remember because John Hal Stewart. Jordan wasn't shit without his, without his ring. Hal John Jordan Stewart would do bitch. some nail shit. Like, he would just take a beating. Like, he, there were some issues where they just broke his arm. Like he had multiple concussions. He's bleeding down alien corridors. He's just fighting these enhanced alien beings bare fists. This is Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the best one. All right. And so like Wolverine. Oh hell yeah, some Wolverine. So I yeah I got into comics super late. So I, well, we'll go down that road. But uh, just to your point, what you said before, I love hearing parent giving their kid comic books because it knows it still promotes reading yeah even though it's a picture book like there are some of my favorite comic books there are so many words Watchmen. yeah you so have v for vendetta Jeez. holy shit these takes forever because alan moore is a maniac but um i love hearing that and like comic books are cool because they tell a story and you can build an understanding of the characters right and it's not and so they do a lot without saying much right and then there there are words but a lot of it is you, like as a as a reader of a comic book, like you look at a page and you have to do a lot of inference, which you don't do with a lot of children's books. Like this is what this is, and then it's a lot of sh- it's a lot of uh, telling and not showing. Whereas you're just like, uh, like this is stimulating to the imagination. It's better than saying, oh, like we're pulling up to the Edward. I mean, I'm looking at yeah, we're like, looking at my stitches. Comic stitches. Yeah, yeah. pulling up to Edward Abel's funeral home, where it's just like, I know what that looks like. I know what's going on. I know the general size, shape, format, locale of this building, and as it sits in, into a larger story or saga, that's where I really appreciate about comic books. Um, so the thing I love most is something that you just glossed over. Is this whole book is a book called Stitches, which is about a protagonist who happens to be a zombie. Yeah, <laughs> his name. We did it intentionally. So Ed is short for Edward. So his name is Ed Abels. He works at a place called Edibles. Oh, that's, oh. Oh, that's clever. That's it's like uh, Edward Nigma. Yeah, basically, Enigma. Enigma. Huh. So I love so I love that about comic books. It's like unlike a movie or, or a television show, once you see it, like yeah, you can rewind it, but if you're in a theater, you can't rewind it in front of a whole audience. Yeah. With comic books, you can get to the end and realize you were slapped in the face with something and sit there and go back and forth with, between the pages and be like, Oh my god, how did I miss that? Yeah, there's always tiny details, like like one of the one of the, and this is why I hate Hal Jordan, like one of the <laughs> he was a fighter pilot and more, he always had to go back to his locker, like at the base, to activate his his ring. Okay. Like for the first couple of issues, and then he eventually brought it back to his power or whatever. And he was always in love with like a smoke show girl, and he never found time for her, which I always found was frustrating as well. It's like, dude, like you have the power of the ring, you can at least be on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, um, but that I mean that just it was just like. 
it kind of highlighted his weakness as a character. It's like, man, he really wasn't. Whereas Jon Stewart, he left his ring in his apartment. If stuff went down, like, you know, and, and, and Jon Stewart's crime was largely with the Justice League, but... Um, if stuff went down, like if there was a crisis, he wasn't running back to it. He was just like, yo, let's go. <laughs> let's go. I was a Marine. How many push-ups do I have to do? <laughs> He's, yeah, he was so bare bones. Like, like his apartment had like weights in it. Like he was always just doing something that was just nails. So. Huh. But that's a different type of character for Dolo. Yeah. Like, that's why I always think Hal Jordan is. I, I, when I think Hal Jordan, I think soft Nancy boy. <laughs> So when I was saying about comics is I actually I don't love superhero comics or what the commonly referred to as cape stories. Um, I got into image books and like there are so many more stories. I love like Southern Bastards. Um, Saga is a great story. Uh, Have you ever seen uh, Preacher? Preacher's amazing. Did I you watch the show? No, I. It's no, I couldn't. I read Preacher. It's pretty good. There, there's just no way it's gonna match the story. <laughs> preacher is That's about always a guy. Right? He's a he's a preacher that gets the power of suggestion, essentially the power of God. So okay. when he says something, it happens. Shit. My favorite scene in the entire book is he tells a guy to go fuck himself, and then the next scene, oh, they, they did it. He's pulling him out in a stretcher because he ripped off his own and shoved it up his ass. Huh. So like. It was suggestive, but it was still pretty gory in these books. These are telling very adult stories, very like provocative and weird and out there stories. This is all fodder for television. Just like you said, God damn it. <laughs> I thought I muted that. Just like you said, a lot of these are getting picked up. Like I think Witches, which is a story um, that Image put out a couple of years ago. That's a super weird one. Outcast got picked up. Fucking Walking Dead. Like, Walking Dead. Oh, that, was a, that was a comic? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Walking Dead started as a comic. It still is. I Walking Dead, but I know. I love Walking Dead because it was a comic and it was like... Are you fighting zombies or are you fighting like what's the real threat? Is it zombies or is it man? The monster of humanity. Man. Yeah, humanity. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, Kirkman, genius, brilliant writer. Huh. Um, I actually just finished up Chew, which is the super fun story by Rob Gilroy and John Lehman, um, and it's all about a guy that's oh shit. What do they call him? Basically, he bites an apple, right? And he knows exactly where that apple was grown. He knew who watered it. He knew what bird shit on it. The same is done with a human finger. So he's a cybopath. That's what they're calling him. So the whole story, he what? has to, a cybopath. Um, shout out to the Worcester uh, Library. They have most of the trade paperbacks. So if you want to read this, you just go down there and get it for free. But uh, he's a detective. So he bites these fingers of like dead people and he knows who killed them and he has to prove it and all this stuff. Oh. It's silly. It's It's like this weird semi-comedy but it's a drama and it's oh, fantastic it's like, uh, that stupid show I see on CW oh iZombie iZombie yeah similar probably I mean it's yeah it sounds more original than iZombie I mean iZombie iZombie was a comic book too yeah so that's what I love about these is that like it's an art it's also truly American art form like yeah. it started here in America but um I like that dudes like you, like Apex doesn't sound like a cape story. No, it's not. It's if anything, it would be like a dark, like kind of goblin slayer or like like anime sort of feel to it. Sure. Because um, I'm a big fan of anime. Yeah? yeah. Is that your jam? That's my jam. I so I I have to dip toes in anime, but anime gets almost too weird for me. No, it does get too weird for me. Have you yep. seen like One Punch Man? Uh, I've read. 
one book, but even still like going backwards is always something that kind of fucks with me. Like the manga that are printed backwards. Are you acting about like the anime? Yeah, the anime. No, I haven't seen the anime itself. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm a fighter, so I'm always about the fight scenes, like, or uh, what's it called? Um, Bleach. So I've never seen Bleach. My Hero Academia, Black Clover. So I've watched Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z gets kind of like, it's kind of like, dude, how many times this guy? Like, even that, like, I found Dragon Ball Z. Like, a Dragon Ball Z Kai was sick. Like, the, the initial Goku story. Like, okay. Bro, this little boy was just alone from just walking around the wilderness butt naked, just killing wolves for dinner. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Wolf. And then he just beat its ass <laughs> and eat it. It's not mine. Yeah, bro. Those are weird shows. Yeah. Uh, do you, have you ever watched any anime? No. I, <laughs> nothing that was just said the last like six minutes has made any sense to me. <laughs> have you ever seen like Princess Mononoke? No. All right. You <laughs> and Naomi got to rent Princess Mononoke. It's not okay. like anything we just talked about. Oh. It's super sweet and it's about a girl, a woman and her. Anyway, watch Princess Mononoke. Okay. I watched Akira as my first anime of like understanding you ever seen Akira. That one is fucked. Yeah. That one is just fucked. And that was followed up by Paprika, which is also just an out there mind fuck of a story. Yeah. Um, it's like, dude, the first, I mean, so like, I mean, I always surf um, like Funimation, like Crunchyroll for anime. So like, sure, sure. like one of the recommended ones was like Goblin Slayer. And like okay. the first thing that happened in that show was just like a brutal, like, like it was just so Yikes. brutal. I was like, no. <laughs> this is not for me. Yeah, this yeah. is not for me. But like, so sometimes anime just kind of <laughs> goes way too far. But there are some really good ones that have excellent stories and character development based off um, Chinese manga, too. Yeah. I mean, just even Chinese history. And Chinese like, history. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you can see, like, what's great about that is, yeah, what's great about that is, uh, it speaks to the cultural norms of that country. So one of the biggest themes is like camaraderie or comrades, socialism. Like it's in the fucking, it's all in there. Huh. They brainwash people. <laughs> That's so crazy. Before we wrap this up, do you have a favorite comic? Do you have like anything you're reading right now that you wanna? Uh, no, I am. I do hold my Flash comics very close to the chest. Uh, he's my favorite superhero, um, mostly because it's it should be known that he could beat the crap out of Superman, um, and that's why I hate DC is because they weakened him for the Superman, and you know why? Like I, we all know why Superman's the, you know, he's not wearing red, white, and red and blue for any other reason. Yeah, he's Mister America. He's Mister America, but the Flash. Um, he's the most powerful. I think he's the most powerful. He, dude, he can, he Once can he gets hit. on that treadmill. Oh, I mean, yeah, in the comic books, he literally gets gifted with the speed from, like, what is it, uh, Mercury? Oh, Mercury. He can summon a cloud. He can go back in time, go back to the future. He can open portals. Um, he can create multiple after images of himself. And whenever he's about to die, like a future version of himself is like, yo, don't do that. This shit's gonna happen. Shit's gonna go down. Really? Yeah. Basically. And yeah, he can phase through solid objects. So even if Superman like try to, he just literally phase through him and just takes Superman's heart if he wanted to. Just and like Superman, Superman stops fast as the Flash. He can't touch the Speed Force. So it's just like, why did you make him? Like he should have been the leader of everything. And that's what happens with Flashpoint. Like when he dies, it unites everyone because there's an understanding. Like, you know, like, How important he was. Yeah. Yeah. Flash dies? And every 
comic book hero has died. I remember when Superman died. Yeah, that I think I was, have that. Oh, I'm sure you do. They banked on that being the most expensive comic ever, and then yeah. they oversold the market. So now all these kids like you say, I have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, still, I, my, I have it. I think what I'm my saying mom is, mom has it. It's I probably still even. wrapped up, or if it isn't, it was. Probably, but I have no that idea. That shit's like $5. Yeah. Yeah. People thought it was going to be like $5,000. They were investing card. But anyway, uh, yeah, everybody's died. But that was a good story. Flashpoint is like. I haven't read a ton of DC, but that is one of the ones I've dipped my toes into. I only read, I only, it was like the, I mean, I'm, I mean, Batman started as a parody, right? So I never really bought into Batman. Huh. See, I love Batman. And the thing I love about Batman is so if we're talking about one DC character that I'll take, I'll take Batman because his creation completely rivaled Superman. Yes. There's a dude that has everything. So let's give a guy that has literally nothing and, and he, he still just, gets the job the best, done. The world's best detective. Yeah. And he, there's, I mean, one of my favorite episodes of like, what is it? Justice League Unlimited was when Batman literally took down the entire Justice League. Oh yeah, I remember that. He has, he has a plan for everybody. <laughs> and they're like, he was like, you could, you've been planning. It was like, yeah, like you're stupid not to have a plan. You're the most powerful people in the universe. He's like, you guys don't have a plan. I have no business here. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, Batman animated series was like, truthfully, one of the few things that got me. Yeah, see, I didn't get into the comic books as a kid. I, I got into that shit. I got into that. I got the X-Men. Like, oh my God, you play me that X-Men theme song. I will lose my fucking shit. That's going on my height. And then like Wolverine slashes the screen. I start punching the pillow. Yeah. All right. Do you know what we're talking about? No. I remember X-Men. I remember Gambit. That was like my dude. That's dude. They should do. That's one character. They should just do a standalone movie. They've been trying. They got the wrong guy to do it. Well, because he's a champion. All right. It's, it's, we've, we've dragged Ricky long enough. He's like, this is like the first episode where I've had no idea what's been going on after we stopped talking hockey. <laughs> I was like, cool. Sorry. It's okay. I learned a lot. I felt that way about the Joe Jacobs baseball. You guys were dipping some baseball stuff and I'm like, yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't bats. even know what to go with. South Coast. I don't do baseball. Is it, is it about that time? Stokes Bucks? Let's do it. Take us away, so on. <laughs> When you hit him with those stones, ow! Gotta slap him with those pokes, oh yeah! Stokes and pokes. Thank you, Solon. You wanna go first with me? Sure, I'll start off this one. Uh, so first things first, I am gonna poke that I like McDonald's. I, I know we talk about a like high end. Where are you going with this one? <laughs> Follow me here. Follow me here. That's not at all what I expected you to say. I like McDonald's. My wife is a Wendy's fan, but we were coming home from our one of our late night uh, quick food runs, and we were asking, why is there not a locally owned and operated equivalent with a drive through that can we can like some local cat that's slinging burgers late night that I can't just drive up and be like, yo, Julio, I don't know. Give me a burger. Right? Why do I have to go to McDonald's? I, I would I would much rather support somebody local, especially if that was like a 2 to $3 burger. Yeah. But. Never would be. I don't that's know. Why. That's probably yeah, true. Yeah, there's no way to do <laughs> it. They can't handle that chain, that food delivery chain. Well, there's also no way to do a burger for $2. Like, I mean, they have the, the, you gotta the, the clone burger meat. That's what you're getting at McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. Growth hormones. You're not gonna want to eat that. It comes with the chuck and I big still want to eat that. Oh. I dice it up. Oh my god! Give it. Give me hot dogs. Give me the fucking cows. The nitrates. Oh. The lips and assholes. Give it to me. Uh, give me the lips and assholes. Uh, but 
it, how I did step up my, my life. Uh, I'm stoked because our Mr. Coffee died. That's was my little buddy. He was the dude that always made me coffee and I would feed him. But it, it's a shitty cup of coffee. It's just, there's no ifs about it. Um, well, broke. And I am lazy and poor at the moment, so I don't want to go out and buy one. And I was looking through my shit and I have an AeroPress that I bought a while ago. There you go. I have been using the shit out of the AeroPress. If you haven't seen one of these, it's basically like a French press, but on crack, it looks like a little syringe and you like pop the coffee through. It is faster than the Mr. Coffee. Like I don't thing, drink coffee. You don't drink coffee no at all? Oh my God, about, I fucking yeah. live I have way coffee. too much. Uh, Adrenaline pumping. <laughs> envy. I need a constant drip in my fucking drip. I, drip. I do now that I'm back at it. Yeah. Ricky was dipping out of it for I a took minute. like two months off, which is the longest I've ever gone in my life by like two months. Really? I'm not drinking coffee. I used to drink it every single day from when I was like 15 until, I don't know, when did I stop drinking coffee? Like April or something? Yeah, it was like May. Yeah, because I just started drinking it again. Like probably in June. So yeah, yeah, probably like April and May. I didn't drink any coffee. It was strange, but it was good. Slept good. Nah, I don't sleep that good, but I've also been drinking it. So <laughs> I should probably cut back again. Yeah, it's summertime. <laughs> summertime in the city. Summer, summer, summertime. So yeah, uh, if you haven't, if you're looking to upgrade your coffee game and you're, you like a French press coffee, check out the AeroPress. I'm super pumped on it. It's like a coffee syringe. Huh. That's what I got. What do you got, Woody? Uh, I'm gonna poke. I, got, I mean, you started with McDonald's. I was gonna talk, take it to a serious tip, but I'm, I'm not doing that now. You started with no, McDonald's. No, no, no. Go serious. Go no, serious. No. Come on. Well, all right. Well, well, now I just wanted to speak on this. All right, Grubhub drivers. <laughs> if I if I, I understand that you get your tips before you show up to my house, <laughs> but or Grubhub and and DoorDash, I understand that I've already tipped you. But if I'm paying for food, you. You're, you're, you're coming to my door. Like you're not, you're not sitting in your car in a driveway. I'm not walking to your vehicle. Like let's, let's be real. Like, I mean, at at that point, it's just, I mean, I would rather go to the actual or Wendy's or wherever I'm ordering from generally. Wait, you get Wendy's Grubhub? No, no, I'm just saying. Well, I was going like, to say, because that'd be, that'd be a different... I've done it once. I got McDonald's Grubhub once, but that was because they did it for free. Really? And when I did it, I felt wrong about it. I don't know why. I'm like, they make it so easy just to drive for I don't have to get out of my car. And now I'm yeah. just laying my fat ass on the couch while some <laughs> other poor bastard brings yeah. me McDonald's. Yeah, I, I was like... Uh, I was like... So I ordered like Freshway. I ordered Freshway through um, DoorDash. And, you know, my house, there's a lot of stairs, albeit, but... Don't they deliver yeah. Is it cheaper to go through DoorDash? I was just, I feel like it's faster. I like to watch. <laughs> I like to watch them where they are. It's easy because you, I mean, you can load up, uh, load up all the restaurants in the area and then you can sit there and like. Just literally decide. You, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't use any of that stuff. I yeah. should, but. So, so anyways, so this guy, this guy has my food and he parks on the street and I'm like at my door and I'm like, all right. He literally puts my food on the sidewalk and just drives away. What the fuck? Like, I was like, bro, I tipped you 40%. Like, give me my food. Bring it to the door. Have, let me tell you, let me tell you, have a good night and and let me compliment you on your service. But you just, uh, I'm not going up these stairs. <laughs> just leave. Um, that's, and it's not even the first time. Um, like, I, I was, so that's not the first, like, yeah. yeah. And it was like, it's happened like, it's happened like three times. Um, 
Is it the same driver? It's not the same driver. It's, 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 and that's why, I mean, I wouldn't speak on it if it was the same. If it was the same driver, I would literally. It's you, Tony. I I fucking hate you. Like, the the app gives me his phone number. I would literally just go to sort of like, yo, and just wait for this guy, like, yo, dude. And just like, literally just fill his card with whatever food that I ordered and he left on the fucking, on the sidewalk. Um, But this happened three times with three separate people, different generals, different races. It was just like, Oh yeah, well we brought your food, so this is as far as we're going. It's like not like, <laughs> um, so that was that a poke? Yeah, that's a poke. I sure so think a, so. A stroke. Um, shout out to um, all the improvements to Kelly Square, I guess, or they're gonna happen. <laughs> um, maybe. I mean, we need to get that that Burger King out. Of there. Um, yeah, seriously, for sure. Um, just uh, it's, it's going to be pretty cool to get three kind of pro teams in this area. Um, I'm, and, and this was when I was talking about the double-edged sword with um, there will be a gentrification issue. Like I talked to a couple people, random people at a bar, and they were talking about how they were being aggressively pushed out of their homes. Um, rents being raised, whatever, because of all this money that's going to the city. Um, yeah, it's a fucking issue. It's an issue. Um, but hopefully, I mean, I hope, I hope that uh, one people are aware that you know you're, you're, or whoever you're leasing from, renting from, um, if they sign that piece of paper saying that you're in your home until a certain period of time, like they have to respect that piece of paper. Um, don't let yourself get pushed out without cause or reason, especially if you're paying your bills on time and, you, and, and you're a good uh, renter or leaser. Um, uh, and I, I had to, literally was out of, I was literally, I think, uh, I, like my best friend, he was literally getting from the city he's a fan he's getting pushed out of his apartment and it wasn't even like he just came home one day they're like yeah like we want you out so we can increase the rent um that's i'm fairly certain that's not legal yeah and that's what i told him but it, it, this and this again this happened like to three random two other random people that i didn't know it was like i was at um golden compass and they were just ranting about it at the bar um, so it, it was that prevalent that an outsider from rochester doesn't even live here doesn't what was that dog? That, that sounded was a like dog. that dog was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, that was a good dog impression. I hope. Uh, I just hope that isn't like a, a thing. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, Kelly Square is it's chaotic. So I guess that's cool. If, uh, no, but I think you're right. Uh, it's been a thing. I mean, shout out to people like Ellie Gilmore who are fighting the good fight and actually doing something on the fucking ground. But right. it's. Uh, we have an opportunity to not lose and not look over the people that have been here that have helped get this city to where it is yeah. and fuck all the new money. Let's take yeah. care of the old money first. Like the new money, the new money is not going to be living here. <laughs> no, be, not at all. They'll, they'll just be, you know, you don't want to have a city without a soul. So uh, fuck yeah. So fuck yeah. yeah you don't so, want a city without a soul. You don't want a city without a soul. There's a lot of those like and a lot of those. I mean, all, I mean, they're not major. I mean, not major league program so like literally like we could you could be throwing up all these stadiums and they could be like not being used in like 10 years because that's just the nature of athletics and like i said like athletics professional sports as a business so um yeah i mean i I mean be mindful keep your eyes open so i work at a dive bar which is like across the street from where the stadium's going yeah so every single night i work all i get is like hey how excited are you for the stadium and i'm like dude first of all we're talking two years away i i don't even know if i'm gonna work here anymore also those people are not coming to this bar they're gonna go to like whatever baseball theme bar is put in there also 
they're not going on on a fucking, you know, a Monday or a Tuesday. Like the Saturday games will pop, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're still going to have like 800 people in there on a Tuesday night. And like, it's, it's going to throw off the culture. Yeah. It's going to be this. You're going to have, you're gonna have a lot of people like, that aren't from here not understanding the rules that the people that are from here have been abiding by. They're not going to understand. Yeah. Certain areas <laughs> they can't be in certain areas. Exactly. And this is the nature of any city. Like, I mean, I'm from Rochester. Rochester, I think, like ten years ago, was like one of the most dangerous cities in America, and it set the. I think it set the stabbing record one year. Really? Most stabs in the summer. And it was a crazy fact they shared. Did you guys have a, a festival or something? Oh, there wasn't a festival. It was just what happens. Is I was just um, kidding. Never yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. It was like right after the Delphi crisis, uh, GM crisis, and the Manifold yeah. thing. Kodak folded and Bosch voted um, so you had a lot of uh, people a lot of work living in a city that you know literally they, they went from making like a lot of money to scratching grinding for just regular jobs and, yeah. that, and like that that can happen like that happens all the time it happens um, now it's happening it's, it's happening so um, just stay woke and protect yourselves I think um, is I guess my my message not like from danger but um, financially and in terms of your housing situations, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Those are great. That was good. Take us home. Yeah. So mine are nowhere near as good as that. <laughs> so my Stoke, uh, all right, fuck it. No, my Poke, Knicks fans. So I don't, I don't know, even know, like huge basketball guy. Uh, I did see. They didn't get KD. They didn't get anybody. They didn't get anybody. Yeah, it's beautiful. Vaynerchuk, uh, Gary V wrote a tweet that uh, wrote a tweet that just said fuck with a basketball. So, I had no idea what it was. So like my, I love sports, but I really, really, really love like the, the first day of free agency. It's my fucking, it's, that's my Christmas. I don't fucking care about anything else. I live for it. So. Yes, like last night, free agency open for NBA, and then today it was NHL. So I've just literally lived on Twitter all day. Luckily, Naomi started her job, so I'm at home. I'm at my place, just like, yeah. Isn't it great like, when your your significant other isn't around? It's like, yeah, like I feel bad because I missed her. She's been gone oh, all weekend, man. but at the same time, like you could take it. You could take the cap off your farts. It, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's always on. Yo, mm. real talk. You got to find a woman that's okay with it. I don't. I've never. Exactly. Had I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't cap my farts. No, you, like, yeah, it's you can't. Sometimes, like sometimes, I do on the first days to see how they yeah. they react. Let it ride, dude. Oh, my four four ten. No. My four ten <laughs> wife lets off some rippers, and I celebrate every single one she does. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice sometimes, job, dude. Sometimes you just gotta flap the sheets and just put her in the oven. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> done. So first days no, of so, fart season. So yeah, for, yeah, first day of fart season. No, so plus also whenever anything happens, I'll look at her and I'm like, fuck, like. Cause, so Kemba Walker signed with the Celtics, which got rumored, like, it's basically like a week of rumors of that happening. So as soon as it popped, I was like, yo, Kemba Walker's coming to the Celtics. And I get that look like, the fuck does that mean? So it was nice to just kind of like have that to myself. But the Knicks were like banking on getting a combination of every good player that was available and they got zero. Zero. They kept talking about a big three. The next big three. Yeah, yeah, everybody has everybody has a big three. Like you kinda nobody can win without three really good players. But um but yeah the Knicks ended up with with not even one. Uh so it was fun watching like Che kind of freak out like via Instagram. And I almost like I feel bad because the Knicks have sucked my entire life, which yeah. is great because I fucking hate them. But it also like even when they get good players, they still screw it up. 
So it's like, do you it's like do you guys actually want them to go and sign these guys and then deal with like that disaster in a year and a half when your front office fucks it all up? So yeah, my poke is the Knicks fans. Like, I think the only Knicks player I remember surprised. is Patrick Ewing, but that's because of NBA Jam. Happens. I used to have a uh, Carmelo jersey. Was, he's, he played at Syracuse, so we were all like stoked on Carmelo. Yeah. Um, does, he, does he even play basketball actually? No. Well, he's, he's, playing, he's a free agent technically, but he's nobody signed him. He's been a free agent for like half of last year. He's you're still getting paid. So yeah, yeah, still getting very much so paid. So you're but, stoked um, on open agency. Anything? No, super? so that was my poke was actually oh, oh, Knicks the Knicks fans, fans. like to just stop, just stop, just stop. Like they're never gonna be good. Give them a couple years to get yeah, they get new new ownership. My stoke is back to what you were talking about, like gross meat. Slim Jim has the best fucking Instagram account. I've really? had Slim Jim since I was like 10, but somebody tagged me in a, a thing that they posted the other day, so I started following him because all it is is it, it's just Slim Jim memes. So whoever runs this account, like- It's a genius. That's all the, yeah. It, Snap into a Slim Jim. It's super, it's actually <laughs> genius. They call it like long boys or like the big ones. So every joke is about a long boy. Like, I don't know, they're stupid, but they're fucking hilarious. Okay. Because if you think about it, how else are you going to market Slim Jim, right? You're like, you're not going to post. We have tubes of meat. Coming yeah, there's no way to actually. They'll never expire and you can find them at any gas station. Seriously. <laughs> and they'll all taste And the same. they're 99 cents. Like 99 yeah. cent meat is probably most definitely disgusting. Yeah. But. There's no way to market that. Case still BCD. Except for, yeah. <laughs> Except for the way they are. It's genius. Dude, I'm hungry for some meat. Some They're so good. Meat. And the, whoever runs it comments back to everything. Really? Like, I, yeah, so I like reposted the thing that I got texted because I thought it was hilarious. But um, they like commented back and like, thanks gang. I'm like, who the fuck runs this guy? That's what's up. But then, so I started going through like old posts and every they comment back to every single thing that somebody writes. It's fantastic. So, shut up, Slim Their social media person's working overtime. Their yeah. social media person is killing it. It's got to be like the dude who owns a company's like nephew who's like, you guys, we should have an Instagram. And he was probably like, sure, do whatever you want. This kid's like, fuck yes. Like, <laughs> do whatever you want. Nationally recognized yeah, brand. That's Here the we only go. way of staying on this well, <laughs> Wendy's Twitter is fire because they. Well, that's, yeah. So, I, that's the thing is like Wendy's and like Moon Pies and stuff. Like, there's been Twitter accounts that are awesome. But I've never seen an Instagram account that has just owned the fact that like, there's zero reason to follow the Slim Jims for any reason. And they have made it a thing. Yeah. It's fantastic. Still not as good as Table Talk Pies. Nah, how much is? Well, Woody, it has been awesome having you on, my dude. Yeah, uh, do you want people finding you on the internet? Finding me? Yeah, do you want them to follow you? you totally anything? follow me on the internet. What's your what's your social media handles? Uh, shy. Let me look shy. <laughs> um, let's see. Instagram, Insta Flame. I like to say. Insta Flame. Uh, it's just Woody Hudson thirteen, and then Twitter. I mean, I do tweet, but it's always like. Oh, my, I feel like a lot of people think my tweets are like subtweets. It's like, no, it's not subtweets. <laughs> like, my last time I tweeted was like at Waze, and they responded. I was pretty stoked Red. about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I was stoked because you can like change your uh, GPS voice? voice, and I changed mine to DJ Khaled. <laughs> my least favorite person. And he was like, whenever you. Whenever you arrive at a destination, it's like, you've arrived at your destination. Congratulations. You didn't play yourself. Have a blessed day. And I was like, yo, I will have a blessed day, DJ Khaled. I will. And then he's like, watch out for the next album, Son of Assad. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, but probably not. 
<laughs> but my uh, uh, Twitter handles uh, <laughs> at morning underscore, so underscore Woody thirteen. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, and you'll be popping around the city until I'll be buzzing. Um, probably August. My I usually go home for my birthday. It's August tenth because I'm a Leo. Shout out to all Leos and Leo women who, you know. Aren't scared of this lion's mane, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's single and ready to mingle people. Oh, it's so very. Well, I've been Travis. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at, at Hunchback Travis. I fucked that all up, but it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. I've been Dick Chuck. <laughs> I've been drinking. No, I've been Dick Ricky. Chuck. There you go. I used, to, so I used to work with this kid at Armsby, and whenever I walked in, he'd be on bar, and he was like, Dick Chuck! Dick and it would just echo through the restaurant. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've been Ricky. You can find me at Dick Chuck 77 Salsa Time Official. Uh, send it. us more of your... You guys have been doing great with ripping the seltzer times. Oh, yeah, I know. Shout out Kevin Law for rip biting into the goddamn can on the prep. Yeah, did his mouth bleed? No! That's incredible. And, like, he handed me the phone. He's like, here, I film this. I'm going to do something. And I had no idea what he was going to do. So That's my awesome. mouth was just completely slack. This kid, we were sitting out behind the dive bar, and he takes the seltzer out of his pocket and then just shotguns it by biting into the bottom of it. It's pretty... That's awesome. So college. Shout out Kevin. It's very college, and that's exactly what he said. Kevin was he was at the dad bar all night on Saturday. Doesn't even drink, just drinks Cokes. And every time he'd be gone for like an hour. That's why I thought he just like side doored it. And I was like, that makes sense, because we were also drowning in people. And then all of a sudden look down, he's just sitting there like waiting for another Coke. I'm like, fuck it, who the hell are you hanging out with? There was so many people there. He's just Saturday like Saturday night. He was there Saturday. We were there Friday night. He was all back night long. Saturday night. All night long. So it's Mama Room, man. It's that fucking cheese ball. Mozzarella sticks. I only got one bite. They were delicious. I got one stick. I got one stick that wasn't meant to come to us. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron Jansky that gave me one now. So she's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. By the time I got it, it was I couldn't get a pole pick. It was a little cool, but oh yo, shout out Ellen Benson too. Her last night at Simjong was on Saturday. Yeah, so they had a huge party at the dive bar and brought somebody. Which do not do this, but there was a bottle of Chinar brought down, which is like a um, it's like an Amaro. But we don't just don't bring your own liquor. <laughs> Although it was great because I got to do shots of Chinar at the dive. But they're a very special case. They're yeah, you have to be. You literally have to be Ellen Benson. Yeah, that is it. But it was pretty funny watching because we had like a million people in the bar and they walk in like we wanted to bring a bottle of Chinar. I'm like, the fuck, open it. But also nobody else can do this. It's awesome. That's but awesome. I love you, Ellen. All right, That's this it. has been a good one. Cool. Sorry for partying. Stay in highly treated areas. Seltzer Time Podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and TV Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By the Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram, at Seltzer Time Official, and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.